Welcome to Business Conversations with your host, business strategist, Clive Ennevar. Clive is joined by expert guests as they talk business behind the scenes to give you the tools and insights to support your growth, security and serenity as you strive for your success. Welcome to another episode of Business Conversations with Clive Ennevar. I am Clive Ennevar, business strategist, coach and mentor, and we're having a conversation with Ross Keating. And we're speaking with Ross about three things you need to know to harvest more repeat sales. But a little bit about Ross. Ross Keating is the client orchardist. This means he can give us all clues on how to grow more delighted repeat customers and harvest more sales and profit. Ross has many sales teams and customer relationship management software and held management responsibility for 40,000 plus customers and $36 million in sales. As the client orchardist, which was established in 2005, Ross specialises in customer retention strategies and associated technology as part of overall business strategies and process. Hello, Ross Keating. Now, business is all about conversations and communication. Ross, can you share with us a business conversation that influenced you to do what you do? Hi, Clive. Thanks for having me on your show. Clive, the conversation I always remember most is um, was the managing director of a company that I work with, and I'd just taken up a new position with them uh, in a role about customer relationship management uh, on a long-term basis. And he said, how do you sell paper clips to, an, to a company? And I launched into the normal sales and you'd find somebody that's in the purchasing department or whatever and like this. He says, no, you've got to find out who makes the decisions. You've got to make contact with those people and then follow a process of keeping, making contact and keeping in contact and showing them the benefits of what it is that you do. You don't say you can join bits of paper together. What you can do is by joining those bits of paper together, you will save thousands of dollars. And that always stuck in my mind. And it was that basis that I got into customer relationship management. Um, there's a man that I, I really admired for a long time and still do. Yes, very good advice indeed. And, uh, yeah, I, like you, I remember the first time somebody asked me such a silly question and was absolutely embarrassed when I realised that the answer I was providing really didn't cut it. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, he was, this is the managing director, and he was actually driving me home, so I felt really small in, the, in my side of the car. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. But um, let's look at what we do today, because that's the important thing. You, you've uh, gained lots of experience since that time, and most of it you're putting to good use in managing those client relationships. So how do we describe to people who might not yet know what a customer relationship management tool is all about, how do we describe that a customer isn't just a customer? <laughs> well, that's the first thing I always say that you need to do, other than are you making sales? Uh, we all say, well, who, you who are your customers? And people say, well, people buy our products and then they might describe them. But you need to go down into more detail. And I say there's only three customers that you 
there's only three customers that you can have. You can either have a current customer, somebody who's buying from you and continuing to buy from you on a regular basis. And there's one called the past customer, the somebody who's stopped buying from you. Uh, and you have to define what that, what means that they've stopped buying from you. Does it mean that they haven't bought from you in the last three weeks? Does it mean they haven't bought from you last year or two years? Because much will depend on whether you're the sales cycle of your product or service. You've got to define what a past customer is before you can do anything else. And you have to define what a current customer is. Because in the middle of those two, there's one I call a lapsed customer. And you'd understand from your background and insurance many years ago, client, a lapsed customer who's somebody who wants the product but has temporarily stopped buying it. And that, to me, is if you can know who what a, you can define a current customer, define what a past customer is, then you can define somebody who is still likely to buy from you but they need some help. They don't, you, for some reason, they've dropped out for circumstances but they still do like your product. They haven't drifted away, but they need encouragement to come back. So that's what I mean by customers. A prospect isn't a customer because they haven't bought anything. A lead isn't a customer because they still haven't, you haven't even qualified them to make them into a prospect. So there's only three people who are customers, current customers, past customers, and lapsed or, inact or inactive customers. Once we've got them into a customer basis we want to break them into various groups now what you're suggesting is that we actually know a lot about these people is that right yes um it's surprising how easy if you if you just take a simple approach i was with a business recently uh doing this very thing and i asked them well just who's your best customer and they described their best customer and i said well so it's a lady and the lady's over the age of 40 and they're wealthy and they are married. And by asking the questions and tell me more about the person, we discovered that these people were quite detailed. We got around about 11 things that identified them, you know, what suburbs that they were likely to live in, what geographic locations, what their possible income may look like, the household income may look like, you know, did they have kids? Did they have pets? Um, and all those type of things which could influence. And there was another one, and exactly for the same business, where it was the male who actually did the payments. He didn't care about the actual product or service because it was delivered to somebody else in the family. But he was the decision maker and he paid the bills and he made the bookings because he was the organiser. But it wasn't it was the people who received the service that were enthusiastic and posted the reviews. There you go. So um, essentially all of this information, once we recognise that it exists, we can feed that into a database and that database can tell us what we need to say to people. Is that right? Well, by segmenting the database based on some of these, you might call tags, um, and there's a lot more other tags you can you can use, then you can, it's easier for you to come up with a conversation because all instead of saying, talking to a whole range of your database, you can talk to one segment. And if you can talk to one segment, it's more meaningful to them. And they're more likely to respond and engage with your conversation and click the link or watch the video or, you know, find out more about the product or 
or take up a, a booking with you. Um, if you're going to everybody, you're trying to talk to people of all ages, of all genders, um, and it doesn't work as well. It works, but if you want a better engagement, it's there. And it's, you know, things about how often do they buy, the value of the customer, um, what are their lifestyles, what do they believe in, uh, all those things make a really big difference. Absolutely right. Now, in um, endeavouring to harvest more repeat sales, now, for those who aren't aware of what a CRM, Client Relationship Management Tool, is, and for those who might have one but aren't getting the best result out of it, is there an easy explanation of what we need to know about what we want so that we actually feed in the right information? Well, I like to call a customer relationship management system, a CRM, this, it, ideally it's your single source of customer truth. And when I use customer there, that's one of the few times I'm going to confuse it by saying includes everybody, whether they are a, a contact of yours, that they are a lead or they're a prospect, they're a current customer, a past customer or a lapsed customer. Anybody that you want to connect, connect with regarding your, day, your, your business, they should be in your database. And you by segmenting them down, it gives you that source of truth. And you try to get the information from other systems like your accounting system. Uh, it might also be your reservation system. It can be a lot of different systems that you can get the data from. And the more information you have about them, the more relevant more you know about them and the more relevant your communications and you can make the sale a lot easier because you, you can talk about their needs and the benefits that you're offering to them as opposed to the product and you can build that relationship better because people know about you but you have to know about them they're going online and they're searching you to death you know, i mean if i search for client Clive Endeavour online. I'm going to find your Facebook profile, your Twitter profile, your LinkedIn profile. I'm going to find you on the business business Facebook page. I'm going to find you on the business business website and on your own website. And I'm going to look at all those things first before I even contact you. That's what they do. They're about 70% of the way of making a choice between you and somebody else when they make contact. They know about your product and your services. They just want to know whether they like the sound of your voice or what you look like. So you want to know the same things about them. Do you want them to be your client or not? So indeed, it's all about conversations and they're having a very extensive conversation with you before they've even spoken to you. So as you say, if we can glean that information through a conversation, we've already got that so that we know what to talk about. And Clive, it's one thing I'd like to emphasise here. It's not just one person. It's the team. It's, the information needs to be shared between the salesperson, the business owner, and the people who are sending out the invoices, as well as the people who are making the sales. And maybe because all those people make the customer experience. And if, for example, sales teams often go out and say, buy my product, and then they, the client says, well, your client, your accounts manager on me to pay my bill, and I've paid my bill. <laughs> <laughs> and they're not talking. And if you can minimise that occurring, that's really, really important. Uh, and that changes the conversation. If the accounts person can see that 
a, a client hasn't paid their account and it's not up to date, that can be one of the things that they can help influence because I've got the best relationship with the business. So a customer relationship management system is a single source of truth for everybody in the business. And a lot of people want to hold it to them. And again, they've got to see the benefits for the organization as a whole. And it is the whole organization, of course, because when somebody's researching the organization, they're researching the whole organization and the organization reflects on the individuals, the individuals reflect on the organization. That's right. Yeah. And I was just reading a, a post recently where they're the, talking about this for salespeople. You don't just find the salesperson to buy the paper clips. You've got to find out who, the, who are the people who will influence the decision. And in small business, sometimes there's business partners that are there, but also perhaps the partner who's doing the books at home in the evening will influence because she says, nah, you haven't got the cash for that right now. And though that's often forgotten that there's a silent person behind and you need to know who those people are. Indeed. So with this uh, segmentation of uh, our client list, that sounds like it might take a lot of time and a small business, uh, so I keep hearing, lacks time. And how can they make time to do all this business planning? If you're in business, I'm, I'm picking you, you know, a lot of us are in business for another five, ten years. And so that means that not everything has to happen straight away. And what I find, people have a lot of ideas. A lot of people in, in business are very creative. They started their business because they've got these ideas and I'm passionate about it, but they haven't necessarily had experience in running or managing business and they're going from one idea to the next and they're just really passionate about the customers and selling the product but if you just sort of say well what do you want next year where, where do you what do you need from an income point of view over the next year and if they come up and say oh well, I want to take home for us a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand uh, dollars for ourselves well, all of a sudden we know what the business is going to produce. It's going to produce at least $200,000 minimum to do that. And how much, how are they going to, what, then you can sort of say, well, to do that, what do you need to sell and what are you selling it at? And so what's your profit to get that back? And all of a sudden there's the plan. It's not hard. You can actually get a basic hand drawing of it within about an hour, two hours of some very simple questioning. What do I want? How am I going to get it? It's like going planning a holiday. I'm going to go on holiday. Well, where are you going to go for a holiday? When are you going to go? How long are you going to be away for? How much money do you want? How much money do you have now? And how are you going to get there? And how are you going to get back? And what are you going to do in an emergency? Does that sound like a plan to you, Clive? <laughs> Indeed. It's drilling down, isn't it? It's uh, a, a, a great idea is a great thing. And it's nice and shiny, but it's the drilling down that allows you to uh, identify the steps, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And, I mean, I was just talking to you before about an instance where I was dealing with a, a client and they we were going through all sorts of technical things that were going on and talking about intellectual property and patents and all this type of thing and marketing and international and, and courses. 
And then I did some drilling down on the numbers and there was a problem. There was no profit. (laughs) (laughs) Not a good result, Ross. (laughs) there, there There was not only no profit, but there was no money to pay all the expenses. So they were going to be putting money in. That's the problem we've got to solve straight away. No. That's what we might call an urgent one. Yeah, yeah, it is. But so often people forget that. They don't see it. They don't look at the numbers. So planning is not hard. It just takes some simple things, and then you just have to, how do I monitor how I'm going? And looking at your profit and loss uh, on a weekly basis or a monthly basis minimum is critical. The more difficult your cash flow, the more regularly you need to look at it. And you should be looking at your Google Analytics and understanding the basic material, not the in-depth, but are people going to your website and are they doing anything on it and why aren't you getting the investment you expected on it? And then what's your sales process? How many people have you talked to? How many people have bought from you or expected to buy from you and how many people have bought? Uh, It's monitoring those things. Those three things to me are pretty essential. Absolutely right, Ross. And uh, I often say to people that uh, the the numbers will always give you the answer. The unfortunate thing is that some people don't know how to interpret what the numbers are saying. So is that part of what you help folks understand is how to interpret what the numbers are actually telling them? Definitely. Uh, And it's looking at, I look very much for the key things, how much revenue are you making? How much is it costing you to sell the products and services? And what's your expenses? And what have you got left over? And where, what, where are the changes? Where, what are the ex- exceptions? If you can budget, set a bit of a budget, you can look back and say, that cost me a lot more. Why did it cost me a lot more? Or I invested this much in advertising and it hasn't, I haven't got the sales. You know, how many, how many, dollars of revenue does a dollar revenue of advertising return you know, and just simple things like that if you ask the question and I work with the numbers because to me I suppose I've, I'm very not creative I dream in psychedelic abstract bullet points but a bullet point is still bad right I like that <laughs> but that's what it comes to you, you look at the numbers and, and just it's not hard. It's taking the interest. A lot of people don't want to know the numbers because they're frightened to them. And it's, the accountants have got a very good purpose and they do a fantastic job. But you've got to understand the basic numbers. And as somebody said to me, you know, profit is a matter of opinion, but cash is a matter of fact. And you've got to understand that. Where's your money coming? How much money came in and how much money go out? is gone out and how much you've got left over? Indeed, and that it, it sounds ridiculously simple, but uh, I found through the years that uh, most things that happen in business and most things that happen well in business are simple. And if we go back to your CRMs, see, I, I like CRMs because I was introduced to them. When was I introduced to CRMs? Sometime during the early 80s, if I remember correctly. And no, that doesn't give you an indication of my age. The thing about that was that uh, it actually relieved my brain enormously because up until I found a CRM, I used to 
think that I was doing a wonderful job carrying things around in diaries and books and ledgers and journals and my head. So once we've put a bit of an idea or a bit of a plan together about how we're going to use our CRM, does it actually take a lot to get it sorted? Not really, no. Once you've got the information that you can import, all of them usually have an import feature. You can base place, I say to people, so where we got the information is in a spreadsheet or is in your accounting system. And you can get that out and put it into the system and you start from there. You can't change the past, but you can change the future by taking action now. And that's what I tend to do is, and you have to understand what your sales process is. Why are you going to make contact? But there's John Ferrara, the CEO of Nimble CRM, um, and he is one of the godfathers of the customer CRM industry. Um, he started a thing called Goldmine back in the 1990s. And he says that there's a Dunbar number, there's a, an anthropologist called Robin Dunbar, and you can handle around about 150 relationships in your personal and business life without use of technology. Then over and above that, you have to, you're better off using technology because you're going to remember birthdays. You might want to remember when, when somebody became your client. You want to thank them for something. When have you got a meeting with them? When, when should you follow up the meeting, this conversation, all these things, and how are you going to send something out? What did you send to them? What email them? What did the email say? What did the salesperson's email say? What did the accounts person's email say? You need technology to bring that together. And it becomes, that's what I say, it becomes a single source of customer truth. And it's not hard and they're not difficult. They've made them pretty simple these days. But for me, a lot of people don't stop and think, what's my goal and how is it going to help me achieve my goal? Indeed. And I'm, I'm glad to hear you mention Nimble because, uh, yes, I, I knew uh, Goldmine when it first came out and it was an excellent tool and Nimble seems to be a big jump on that and so simple to use and it keeps you in touch with people on social media. It does. It, it does. And it's looking at, in the old days when we were selling, um, you, we used to go into a business and to build rapport, you'd look around on the walls and on the tables and, you'd see photographs of racing cars or fishing or boats or whatever. And you might ask a leading question, oh, that's an interesting photograph rather than say, oh, you like motorsports because I've done that before today. And the person said, no, I don't like motorsports. I just like the photograph. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to use that. But social media enables you to see things. You know, like for an important client, you might see that they've had an operation or they somebody's passed in their family or they've, you know, one of their children has left home and that's there. And, you, and also you have a relationship, you know, it's, you build the relationship and it shouldn't be just about salesy. It's getting to know you. You know, like if you get to know me on Twitter and LinkedIn and maybe through my business page, when you, if you're going to contact with me on my personal Facebook page, do you want to connect with me and engage with me on a personal level so that you know I love my dog Lou, the beagle? Uh, that I love going for walks and I like taking photographs of where I walk around and things like that. That I'm a, Do you want to know that? Or if you, do you only want to do that because I'm a business coach or I know about CRM or I, you want access to my friends behind me? If that's what you want, don't Facebook my friend me on Facebook. 
contact me on LinkedIn. You can see my LinkedIn contacts. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. So it, it actually puts you in a, a really good position to get to know people, get to know things about people which uh, are probably important to them. Yeah. And, I mean, I've made connections with people real. I got to know them on Twitter and then I connected with them on LinkedIn and I had some exchange of conversation through those mediums and they've become really close or uh, working relationships uh, from that point of view. If you think about, you know, you and I and, and Linda, I met Linda through the business business Facebook group. Yeah. Uh, and we've had a, you know, you were up here last year at the Gold Coast. We went and had a, beer and wine together one evening after an event. I like that to me is taking the relationship from online to offline. You still got to do that. You can't have uh, a relationship that's purely online and people use marketing automation tools as part of their customer relationship management. And they send, they get to know me and they send me an email, a drip feed campaign. You know? And they wonder why I don't respond. Where's the personal contact? You've got to introduce personal context, you know, Facebook or phone calls or emails or text. It's got to be a combination of those. It's not just one medium. It's all about a conversation. And that conversation, uh, uh, yes, they can happen through letter writing. They can happen through email. They can happen through text messages. Um, the best ones I've ever found are the ones where people actually talk to each other. And the be even better than just talking to each other, I've found the best conversations are the ones where you're actually looking the other person in the eye. And, yes, that can be uh, across a video platform, but even better than that, where you can shake their hand. Oh, that's so, so true. I mean, Joe Saunders, a common uh, friend of ours, colleague of ours, is a person that I've met online and through Nimble. CRM and she's part of the Nimble community, like um, you and, and Linda, and we and she was coming across. She came across to Brisbane for a speaking gig uh, last year about LinkedIn, and I went up to Brisbane to meet her. And that was from there we've developed such a great rapport that we are collaborating on a, on a book, coming up with a number of other um, Nimble ambassadors from around the world and including, you know, Linda here in Melbourne with you. Yeah. And that is going, that's come from taking that relationship and having conversations across the thing. I don't think it would have happened because we were saying goodbye and I said, you know, it'd be really good to write a book with you. Or she said, said one of us said it. It sounded like <laughs> a good idea at the time. But it would never have happened or might have happened, but it would have taken longer to build the relationship to get that level of trust. Yes, indeed. There's uh, nothing quite like that uh, physical contact and a, a decent conversation, just uh, a, a chat between people who might be friends. That's right. Indeed. So, look, we're coming towards the end, Ross. So I, mean, I can talk to you for hours about CRMs, uh, but I don't really want to bore the listeners with my stories about CRMs. But what's the best tip that you've gotten from a business conversation? We know the one that stayed with you forever, but what's the best tip you've gotten from a business conversation since that one? It would come from John Ferrara, um, the 
CEO of Nimble, he talks about, and if we're talking about business, a lot of the people watching or listening to the podcast uh, are business owners. And he says, if you teach enough people to fish, they might figure out that you actually sell the fishing poles. And that is so much what today is about, is the conversations we have with each other, which enables us to show our authority and our credibility and our experience to bring those across. And gee, maybe that's what I do. And maybe that's how I can help people. And I thought that's a really good bit of advice. Indeed. Uh, I agree entirely. It's uh, you putting yourself out there, isn't it? It's showing people that uh, there are opportunities about. <laughs> that's the right. And you know, particularly with the, the CRM, one of the things that uh, I found particularly is a lot of people are really highly skilled at finding new clients and bringing new clients on, making new sales uh, or however they like to describe it, um, but tend to forget the client they have actually costs less to sell to again than the one that they find new. And the CRM I found was absolutely great at reminding me that, hang on, you've already got a client out there. You can go and see them. And is that one of the things that you find is a great help to a lot of businesses? Definitely, because that's one of the things I, I focus on is who are your clients and when did they last buy from you? Hmm. If you understand, if you can look at this year's sales and you look at last year's sales, you've got the people who haven't bought this year and you might have a good understanding why they haven't, but you might pick up a few sales from the, a number of sales from those who haven't run. If you initiate the conversation, they elapse clients and you've, you go back another year and another year and your conversation can be different to them because you've, you've cut the segment of the database and you're talking to that specific segment and that profitability because you're going to be, you're not putting an advertisement on the radio or on in the magazine or you're not paying for Google AdWords or whatever. You're able to email these people and email is still one of the best tools around to engage. They then go to your links, your Facebook page or your, your website, but an email and a conversation and engaging with them to start that conversation back up. You're so right. Those past clients are so good, um, particularly, and I guess even more important, if you've got a longer sales cycle, if you think about a real estate agent, how often do people buy houses or invest in property and, and things like that? And I had a, I can give you a great example, my own uh, real estate agent, we bought and sold, I think it was five or six properties over a period of six years with this particular real estate agent. She listened to where we did and didn't want to go, what type of house we wanted to to do every other real estate agent would show us houses outside what we wanted and in one case they would take us across a, into a suburb and I didn't want to go to that suburb and I'd fold my arms every time <laughs> but this one knew us but didn't invite us out to coffee or anything on a regular basis but she sent us some information each year she put a photograph on a calendar magnetic calendar that could go on our fridge of each of our properties so we had one and we eventually had four or five calendars on our fridge every year and it was really cool she sent me information about the market you know the uh, rpq data type stuff uh, mm -hmm. about rentals and about property movements 
And that's how you keep in contact. But now people need that electronically. And that's where CRM comes in, is keeping in contact. Because how do you remember to remember to contact somebody there? Tradies have uh, sometimes missed opportunities because I might say to a tradie, in two years' time, I'm going to build a back deck. But they don't keep in touch with me and then say, hey, 80 months ago, you mentioned you're going to do a deck. Are you going to do that? Is there anything I can help you with? Indeed. It's just being able to be there, isn't it? Because it's so easy for a, a thought that we think we'll remember to be pushed out by another thought. <laughs> oh, I've got a very small brain, so it doesn't take much <laughs> to push your thought out the other side. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, before we tell everybody how, how they can find you, because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people who uh, suddenly realise, gee whiz, maybe these CRM thingies uh, have some value that might be a bit benefit to me, but a piece of advice, a top piece of advice that you'd like to leave our listeners with today. The top piece of advice that I would give people is have some goal, write down some goals and briefly how you're going to get there and understand your sales cycle from lead, creating a lead to a repeat sale and use a customer relationship management marketing automation tool to help you manage the process, but make sure you have interpersonal contact with all those people. Don't rely on the technology to do it. Don't be lazy. Pick up the phone, go and see them, write them, send them some snail mail, all those things. That would be my advice, Clive. And excellent advice that it is. Now, most importantly... Before we get away, how can our listeners get in contact with you, Ross? Because they'll need to. They want to. <laughs> Clive, really simple. Rather than quoting any websites or email addresses, just look on social media. You'll find me in LinkedIn. You'll find me on Twitter. And you'll find me on Facebook. Ross Keating, the Clive Orchidist. And nobody looks like me except maybe <laughs> Matt Damon. <laughs> and <laughs> and I came from a uh, farming background, so do tell me why the client orchardist. Well, I come from a bar- farming background myself, and but when we're talking about farming in the traditional sense of animals, we're talking if we talk about harvesting, we're talking about killing, and there's not much recycle once you kill something, and. I came up with the idea that of the orchard because you need to plan an orchard where it goes. You And an orchard, when the trees are sitting on different parts of a property, they expose have a different exposure. You have to manage them differently. So you're segmenting them down. And you have to grow them and nurture them to get to them. And the fruit at the bottom of the tree is easy to pick. The ones in the middle is harder. And the ones at the top is really hard. So you have to put the strategies and plans in place to do it. So, and trees last for a long time and you can pick them over time. So that's where the client orchardist comes from, Clive. There you go. That is absolutely excellent. And, of course, a very good description of what you're encouraging other people in business to do. It is. And thank you so much for having me on the show, Clive. I really appreciate it. It's been a joy to talk to you again. That is an absolute pleasure. Ross, uh, delighted to have you on. And there's every chance, of course, that we'll... Have you back again. Thanks very much. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening to another episode of Business Conversations with Clive Enever. Make sure you subscribe to future episodes via your favourite podcast app and you can find more business resources at cliveenever.com.au. 